This is a Valerie Moss original podcast. Welcome to episode one, my pilot podcast, Valerie's Variety Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about why a podcast, living in the Calgary area, and working as a project manager. Why a podcast? A blog for years, even surpassing 400 blog posts about sewing, quilting, and my own opinions. Now that's a feat. Valerie's Variety Podcast is a new outlet for me because I have something to tell and I have an opinion that I want to share. I listen to so many excellent podcasts in my daily commute that have inspired me to do this. Variety is what I'm looking to put out there for your opinions, your feedback. Teach me something, influence me, challenge me, and I hope to do the same. Live, work, and play. What makes you tick? Podcasts, also known as autoblogging, started in the 1980s. There's more than 250,000 podcasts on iTunes and more than 100 languages. And so many of these are no longer active. And there's some that have been sitting in the top 100 spots for months and months and months. So I'm going to review a few of those today. And uh, there's just so many that I love. I commute every day for hours and hours, so I have to have a lot of good stuff to listen to. So here goes. The first one is Someone Knows Something. This is a CBC, so Canadian Broadcast Company, original podcast, and the host is David Ridgens. Do that? I guess so, eh? Investigators are compelled by time and budget pressures to follow the strongest impulse because it's less risky and cheaper. But sometimes, the strongest force in any investigation can be its weakest point. Well, I can't tell you very much because uh, I just don't remember a whole lot of back then. I just wish, David, you had been around doing this a few years earlier when our memory was a bit better. Barb McNaughton lost her son, Adrian. I almost don't want to talk about it because I don't want to relive it. I think I have it tucked to the back of my mind, and I don't think of it every day, but every so often I'll go to say something and I'll say, Adrian. And weak points are built on, and our vision is telescoped, so that we find not the truth, but what we want to find. And, and Adrian was a vocal boy, like he could speak, he was not mute, he was able to oh, talk no. and scream oh, no. and yell. He was, and... he was quite normal as far as that goes. Quite normal little five and a half year old, real busy old lad. He was a little guy, shy little guy. Ruth McHugh is a McNaughton family friend. I do like trying to figure it all out, the process of it. It's a kind of intoxication to find out who did it, who might have done it, what happened. And I think it's also a kind of arrogance that I bring to these cases where I actually believe that I can put two and two together and get four. 
Instead, I should be wondering what the hell a two is anyway. A symbol for a number. The symbols we follow that create the narrative because we make the links between them. The fishing trip, the ticking clocks, the sound the truck makes as we drive to the scene. They're all connected, right? The townsfolk who weren't there but know, and the family who doesn't talk, and the boy who was small for his age, and the people searching in the woods in a careful grid work with their dogs and the army and their hope, and nobody. Murray's five-year-old son walked away from him that day on a fishing trip at Holmes Lake in June 1972 and disappeared into thin air. And where did Adrian go? David Ridgens, and he's a Canadian journalist that works for CBC, and he decided to start journal blogging um, as a podcast instead of writing articles for the paper. So he's now in his fourth season, and the very first podcast he put out was about a four-year-old boy who went missing over 40 years ago. This one kind of hit home because I have a six-year-old daughter, and the amount of struggles and turmoil this family went through looking for this little boy who literally went missing right in front of his dad's eyes was captivating just to know what happened to this little boy. It's still unsolved to this day. Um, A couple of things that kind of stand out for me about this podcast is his dad. He just searched and searched and Basically, no rock was left unturned looking for his son. And then he would come home after a long day and he would lay down on the couch to close his eyes for a minute. And he would have a dream. And it would be his son asking him to continue to search for him. It was just so compelling. And sitting, you can see and feel this family sitting around the kitchen table wondering where can they look? Who did this? Small town. Everybody knows everybody. Why isn't anybody talking? Anyways, that was one of my first top picks to share with you today. The second one is called The Minds of Madness. This is a true crime story podcast. Um, it's an investigative discovery type as well and they uncover events that kind of captivate people who basically snap they can no longer deal with what's going on and they make a decision to do an unthinkable thing in August of 2006 Three-year-old Marcus Faisal was reported missing by his foster parent, Liz Carroll. But after weeks of desperate searching by the entire community, the horrific truth of what happened to little Marcus was revealed. This is the tragic story about a three-year-old boy who died because those that were responsible for him failed him. Not only did they fail him, but his death was the direct result of their calculated actions. You'll hear how a negligent foster care agency and three key people caught in a love triangle led 
to this little boy's death. Please join me as we look further into the story of Marcus Faisal and discover how the lies behind his disappearance started to unravel. And they have um, their narrator, his name is Tyler. He has a very calm voice and perfect for the message that he's delivering in this hard to fathom podcast subject. And um, yeah, some of his stories I can't even listen to because they're just too scary. But definitely worth a trip over there to check him out. So again, that's Minds of Madness podcast. Check it out on iTunes and let me know what you think. And the third one I'm going to review today is called S-Town. And this one is basically stands for Ship Town. It's a podcast by Serial and This American Life. And the host, Brian Reed, he's like about 47 years old. He looks like the average person, but he was inundated by emails from this guy. His name is John B. McLemore. And John B. is the strangest guy that you probably have ever met. And you'll really get to know him through this podcast. Chapter 1. When an antique clock breaks, a clock that's been telling time for 200 or 300 years, fixing it can be a real puzzle. An old clock like that was handmade by someone. It might take away the time with a pendulum, with a spring, with a pulley system. It might have bells that are supposed to strike the hour, or a bird that's meant to pop out and cuckoo at you. There can be hundreds of tiny individual pieces, each of which needs to interact with the others precisely. Anyway, I only learned about all this because years ago, an antique clock restorer contacted me, John B. McLemore, and asked me to help him solve a murder. happened in this town. Um, I was so curious about what he looked like, but I didn't want to ruin my imagination while listening to this story. So I left it right until the end. It was actually my hubby. He decided he had to know what John B. McLemore looked like. And um, yeah, he's an interesting dude and he can talk for hours and hours and hours. And that was the one thing that Brian Reed decided that he wanted to do was find out who this guy was about. So those are my podcast reviews for today. I also wanted to talk a little about where I live. So I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. It's in the western part of Canada, um, the second province over from the west, and Calgary is also known as Cowtown. We are kind of a western city, and we're located in the southern part of Alberta, where the prairies and the mountains meet, oil fields are in abundance, and destination skiing and winter sports is what everyone talks about.
Calgary is home to the most famous mayor in the world, Mayor Nahed Ninchi, who's been on the ballot box lineup for three consecutive votes and one each time. Why? Because he's grounded, fair, and fearless. Isn't this what we all want in ourselves? Calgary is known for the Calgary Stampede, which is the biggest outdoor show on earth, and Calgary Flames hockey team. Living in Calgary for almost 20 years, my entire career is here. My history is here. We have roots here. I love it here. The weather is hot and dry in the summer, getting up to the mid to high 30s, which is low 90s in Fahrenheit. In the summertime and mid to low minus 30 degrees Celsius in the winter, which is about minus 22 Fahrenheit for you Southerners. It is super cold, and yes, it's super cold for us too. Have you been to this awesome city? If so, send me a note. I'd like to hear your story about what you thought of Calgary when you were here. Hi, I'm Nahid Nenshi. Seven years ago, we all discovered something special, that those who love this city can truly change it, that we can truly make it better. In 2010, you welcomed our campaign into every facet of your lives, your community centers, your prayer spaces, your neighborhoods, and your homes. And I'm deeply grateful for that. But the journey is not yet finished. We have more road to travel, more community to strengthen, more economic prosperity to fortify. And that's why I'm pleased to be running again to serve as your mayor. Together, this far, we've accomplished so much to be proud of. We've laid the foundation for so much more. Building blocks, building blocks that allow us to ensure that Calgary continues to be a great place to make a living and a great place to make a life. All while having the lowest residential property tax rates in the country. We've produced over 325 million in savings in the city's operating budget. We've worked hard to create new community infrastructure, including a new central library, four rec centers, and after 60 years of talk, the Southwest Ring Road. And we've passed a new economic strategy to keep Calgarians working while championing energy and building infrastructure projects faster than ever before. But our campaign needs to look ahead. We need to look forward. We need to chart a course that embraces our city's ambitions, our entrepreneurial spirit, and our economic strength. We need to continue to sell Calgary to the world, bringing world-class companies to our backyard. We need to ensure our economic recovery is strong, harnessing the unbridled energy of our city. We'll continue to support programming that fights poverty, that develops community, that empowers citizens to take action to make this place even better. We'll continue to cut red tape. We'll continue to find more savings. We'll continue to keep your taxes low. A better economy, stronger communities, smarter city hall. But I can't do that without you. I need you. I need your passion. I need your enthusiasm. I need your optimism. The world today is kind of a dangerous place. Certain voices and forces are trying to tear us apart rather than bring us together. We can't stand for that. We know that we must keep moving Calgary forward, united, ensuring that our city produces economic prosperity for all, economic mobility for all, and a stronger community for all. So whether you volunteer to knock on doors, make phone calls, engage your neighbors, help us organize in the community, or make a donation, we need you. Join me 
And together, let's keep moving Calgary forward. That was such a great clip from our mayor. And for the last topic I want to talk about today is a bit about myself. So work. Something most of us are committed to and can't avoid. I'm a senior project manager for a local signage company. My first task was to install 7,000 signs into the new international airport expansion at the Calgary Airport. YYC, which is the fourth largest airport in Canada. Our scope of the project was supposed to be completed in six months, but was eventually completed in three years. We had over 150 change orders and there was almost 200 sign types. The majority of our change orders happened in the last three months of the entire project, just before opening. Talk about pressure. The best part was completion. The most interesting part was the entire lifetime of experience I received as being the on-site superintendent, a female in her 30s, among 1,500 other trades, and mostly men. Life lessons were learned. Have you worked on a construction site? Which site and how did it go? Thank you for taking the time to listen to Valerie's Variety Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this pilot episode. And send me a note or leave me a rating on iTunes. Visit ValerieMoss.ca for all my show notes and links to today's topics. This episode is written through WordPress blog, researched and produced through GarageBand by me, Valerie, and edited and added to NRB Roll by London. Visit ValerieMoss.ca for more information.